Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Vancouver Vineyard. If you are still in the sanctuary or in the lobby, uh, we invite you into the sanctuary. Come join us. Uh, we're going to get started with some worship this morning. Lord, um, we just invite your presence here this morning, God. We, um, yeah, we want to praise you, God. Um, so come and fill this place, Lord.
Nothing praises to
you're so worthy of our praise, Jesus. Morning. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Joel. Uh, we're going to continue our time of worship and receive communion together in a moment. If you haven't collected elements, um, feel free to do that now. There's some at the front here in the back. Um, and the matzah in the plates is gluten-free, just so you know. If you're new here or you've never taken communion before, you're welcome to join us or to sit back and observe whichever you're more comfortable with. In Isaiah 25, 6 through 9, we read, Now the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain he will destroy the covering which is over all peoples, the veil which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces, and he will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken, and it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation. So as we receive this meal that the Lord has prepared for us, let's remember his institution of this meal as he brought Israel out of Egypt, the renewal of that tradition when Jesus shared Passover with his disciples before his death, and the future meal to come in the renewed creation. Throughout history and scripture, we see God nourishing his people with this simple prophetic meal that he invites us to receive from him, share with each other, to remember who provides us our very lives and look forward to the culmination of his salvation. Friends, let's eat. and the cup of salvation. Let's drink. God, I thank you for this meal and for this family to share it with. This family that spans the globe and nations and history. And I ask that you would help this meal to be a, a unifying sacrament in our hearts. 
and that we would remember who you are and where we come from and all of the things that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue worship uh, singing together. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance by every stone. Messiah still and all alone. Lift it up, we'll praise the name. We'll praise the
God, we praise you, God, for endless days. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning where we could sing these songs to you, God. Lord, we ask for more of your presence in this place as we lift you up through our conversations with one another and through prayer and ministry time and hearing your word. God, we want to exalt you this morning. We exalt you this morning, Jesus. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for worshiping with us. We're going to take a three-minute break, and kids are dismissed to the back there, to the doors. Your teachers are waiting for you. Get to know someone around you, and we'll see you back in a few.
Hey everybody, I uh, just wanted to give you a quick announcement about something that is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, on February 4th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., we have our quarterly night of worship. Um, here at the Vineyard, one of our most important beliefs is that uh, God is not a philosophy to you know, follow. He's not a set of doctrines to believe. Um, he's not just sort of an idea, but God is a person uh, who loves us and who we, we get to love in return. And he is a person who we get to encounter. And so during our times of worship and prayer, we just want to press into one of our four core values, which is the presence of God. And I'm really excited for February 4th when we have our night of worship so that we can just carve out space to sing to him, to wait on him, to hear from him, and to believe that we're going to encounter him. So I want to encourage you to mark on your calendars February 4th from 6.30 to 8.30. Come to the portal hungry, ready to enter into God's presence. We have childcare uh, available. I know that for a lot of parents, especially of young kids, it's really hard to worship on Sunday mornings when you've got kids kind of scurrying around you. We've got that taken care of so that you can just come, enter in, enjoy God's presence with, uh, with each other. So come expecting to meet with God, come expecting to be able to minister to other people, come hungry, we're gonna encounter God together. Night of worship, February 4th, 6.30 to 8.30, see you then. Hello and good morning. I am uh, Jake and I'm gonna be giving your announcements today. Welcome, we're so glad you're with us. Um, just want to remind everyone here, especially those of us who are new, what our church is all about, what our core values are. Our church, we are people empowered by the Spirit to practice and proclaim the kingdom of God for the renewal of our city. Our core values, presence, formation, community, mission, and nice sweaters. Oh wait, sorry, that last one's a typo. Presence, formation, community, and mission. Those are what we are, that is who we are, that is what we do in this city, in this place. If you are wanting to get more connected with our church this week, we have connect cards in the, that you can drop in the little black boxes in the back. If you're online, you can let us know you're here in the chat window, we'd love to hear from you. Also in the back of the church, there's a little visitor center where you can get more information about upcoming events, connect with somebody who maybe can direct you towards ministries you can get involved in, and you can learn more about life groups. Giving. If you call this church home and you want to support what God is doing here, you can drop your tithes and offerings in the black boxes in the back. You can give online, and there's also a link in the chat window. Short and sweet tonight, today. Um, and now, a video, and I'll see if I can get it cute. And now, a video, video. Hi, I'm Doug DeYoung, and our group meets on Mondays at 6.30 to 8 o'clock at Luke and Nicole Pritchard's house, and we would be glad to have some new people join us. Okay. Hi, I'm Carly Pruitt, Marshall's wife, and we have a life group on, that meets Thursdays from 6 to 8, and I hope you can join us. Hi, everyone. My name is Jay Schwartz. Uh, my wife, Michaela, and I run a life group with Johnny and Cecily Clark. We meet on Thursdays at 7.30. Um, at one of our houses, depending on the babysitter situation. 
Hi, we're the Wakemans, Joel and Miranda, and we host our life group in Camas on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. for a potluck dinner. Hope to see ya. Hi, my name is Nancy Burnett. I just want to let you know that we have two Bible studies. The Women's Monthly Gathering is um, the second and third Wednesday of every month at 1030. And the good news that is that there is child care. And then we meet once a month um, at my house for uh, Breaking Free by Beth Moore. So please uh, come and join us. We'd love to have you in both ways. And you guys are good to go. Hey, we're Jesse and Chelsea Patel. And our life group meets on Thursday from 6.30 to 8. Well, good morning, everybody. Ooh, okay. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Yeah, okay, cool. Good morning, church family. Uh, my name is Wes. I help uh, lead life groups and communion. And um, my wife and my wife, Irene, and myself have been coming here for three years now. We have a three-year anniversary. Um, and if you are visiting us and you're looking for a humble um, church that's wanting to serve communities and is filled with people with really nice sweaters, I highly recommend sticking around. Um, this morning, we are continuing our, our sermon series on, uh, based on a book by Ruth um, Haley Barden called Sacred Rhythms. And we're really wanting to uh, take the next two months and just take a look at what sacred rhythms we can incorporate into our lives that's following the way of Jesus. And last week, uh, Jace went through an incredible sermon on um, Sabbath. And if you didn't, if you missed that and you're looking at how to incorporate Sabbath in your life, I highly recommend watching it. And this morning, we're going to take a look at the Bible, and specifically through uh, the approach of Electio Divina. Uh, how many of you have heard of Electio Divina? Just so I sort of, the whole church. Okay, cool. So I don't need to actually preach this morning. Um, uh, but before we begin, uh, who's up for reading a long passage of scripture for, with me? Okay, that was a test. Half of you failed. Um, Okay, we're going to be looking at Luke 24, 13, and it's a road, it's a road to Emmaus, walk to Emmaus. Um, it's a famous scripture verse, and it's one of my favorites, if not my favorite scripture verse. So, um, that, it says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to the condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. 
Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early in, in this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerned by himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. He went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There, they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Amen. So, we're almost at the end of January, which is pretty crazy to think about that we're at the end of the first month of 2023. I'm still getting mixed up with my years and we're almost in the second month. But I really wanted to find out how's everyone's Bible plan, study plan going. We, uh, we're, we're through Genesis already, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how many of you downloaded a new app this year? A few of us, okay. They're really, they're really handy to get us going and really excited about reading the Bible again, right? Um, you know, the apps that look really nice and beautiful, laid out easily, simple to use, amazing pictures. You know, they've even got audio videos now. Really, I don't know what more we can do to like invite us to read the Bible, right? Um, and I'm preaching to myself, just so you know, this morning I'm preaching to myself because um, I have not gotten through Genesis this month at all. Um, I'm on chapter one still. So, um, but I was joking with Marshall the other day and I said, you know, instead of encouraging to read the Bible, encouraging people and us to read the Bible, I said, let's, let's do a bit of reverse psychology on ourselves. Let's actively try and not read the Bible and see how far that gets us. Um, and we can just see how that goes. Um, but I joke because if you ask any pastor, you know, what's a good marker on how they feel like their church is doing and how they're doing as a pastor? And most of them are going to tell you, if, if my congregation is reading their Bible once a week, that's success. That's great. And so... Today, we're going to be looking at our relationship with the Bible and specifically a way in which we can read the Bible. Because um, if we look in this room, we actually have quite a diverse 
church family in terms of backgrounds and where we're all coming from. I'm South African. We got a couple of Aussies. We got someone from New Zealand. We got um, people from Asia, from Africa, all parts of the world. And we all have different upbringings. And some of us have an upbringing where we were encouraged to read the Bible daily, do devotionals, where we were encouraged to memorize scripture, and that was the main focus. Others grew up in maybe a Catholic church or a more traditional church where there was more of an emphasis on scripture reading on the Sunday service, right? Um, some of us may be coming from more contemplative backgrounds and where you were just encouraged to sit with scripture and just let scripture breathe over you. Although, to be honest, I don't hear those stories all often. Some of you are here this morning and have never opened the Bible before in your lives. And to be honest, that may not be such a bad thing from some horror stories that people will tell you. So if you are opening your Bible for, this, for the first time this morning, welcome. Really glad you're with us. Um, but there's some stats that have just come out about where we're at with our Bible use compared to uh, social media and um, I'll let you take a guess um, in your minds, personally, where you think the Bible reading is compared to how much social media we use currently. And if you're thinking of not a good number, you're correct. Um, so right now, this was done in 2022, um, the percentage of, this is evangelicals, okay, and I know that term is very debated, and it's a hot topic of what me it means to be evangelical, and we're not even going to touch that, okay? Just put that aside this morning, okay? Leave it outside. But what percentage of evangelicals um, use Facebook daily? 66%. Under that, the next highest use is Instagram at 65%. Under that is YouTube at 39%. And under that is the Bible at 32%. So, we're not doing that great at the moment. We could be doing a little bit better. That's all I'm gonna say. But I recently also came across this video. Um, maybe some of you in this room were around when this video came out. But it was a video in the 80s where there was a bunch of famous people promoting the Bible that actually happened, and it was in the 80s, and there was a bunch of actors that were actually trying to sell the Bible, and I was like, this is the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life. And I, it just made me think about how much our relationship as a community, as a country in America, how much our relationship has changed over the past century, how much our relationship with the Bible has changed over the past two decades, the last decade alone, never mind the last couple of years and months. And so I think right now, this is a great time to reevaluate our relationship with the Bible and actually go, let's address the elephant in the room. Um, so somehow um, we've got this changing relationship in the, with the Bible. I personally come from a place where the Bible was mostly just about information, right? I went through a huge crisis of faith, and my number one job in that time of my life was to try figure out every single question that the Bible um, had posed, and I just wanted to find out every answer. Was Adam and Eve real? Did Jesus really say that he was God? You know, what, what do we know about the Bible? Where does the Bible come from? Noah's 
um, Noah's Ark. That definitely didn't happen. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is what I was thinking at the time. Um, Jonah and the whale get out of town, right? And I really went into this place where I was like, I need to figure this out. And my relationship with the Bible became this one where I was just trying to get answers from it. And I just wanted to get information. I was trying to dissect it. I was trying to pull it apart, examine it, go, I need to figure this book out. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I'm not saying that. But it really affected my relationship with God too. Because my relationship with God became about this thing where I was trying to figure God out and I was trying to figure out all the answers and I wanted to get the answers because if I got all the answers and I got the right information and I, got the, uh, I, made, I came up to the correct um, point, that would ease my anxiety and that would bring me peace. Uh, spoiler alert, it didn't. I didn't get all the answers I wanted and I don't think I ever will. It's very frustrating and I'm gonna have a talk with Jesus about it. Um, but what I've found with so many approaches to reading scripture is that they can be heavily reliant on just transferring information to us, right? It just becomes a way of which we're trying to get information from the Bible, and it's just this one-way thing where it becomes so mentally based and cognitively based that we sort of forget about all the rest of our, the, the re, all the other areas of our lives. Um, we see this in culture too, and I, I think that the church has sort of been swept up in the, the cultural malaise of just wanting to have everything scientifically proven. That definitely happened. And so the Bible sort of becomes a science experiment where we have to test it. And that's not a bad thing, but it's, it's not good when it becomes the, our only way of reading the Bible, if that makes sense. And so today, we're actually going to look at a, at a way of reading scripture that impacts all areas of our lives, our emotions, our hearts, our minds, and our social lives. And I think if we are to capture reading a scripture that brings about transformation rather than just a way of getting information, we need to remember that there is a sacred nature to this text in the Bible. As charismatics, our predisposition is to yearn to hear the voice of God, right? That's so central to our theology and our, uh, our way of being, whether it's an audible voice of God, whether it's a picture from God, whether it's a sense, a feeling, whatever it is, we yearn for that. And sometimes, sometimes we can forget that we can hear the voice of God every time we open the Bible. And so if we're looking to know what God is wanting, we can open our Bible. And it's in opening our Bible that we get to experience the presence of God in our lives. When we read scripture, we are invited into God's presence. And I probably unsmartly, um, is that a word, unsmartly? Okay, it's a word now. Unsmartly decided I would summarize the nature of the Bible for us today. So... Um, this is what I got for you. Oh, it's really small. It's terrible. Okay. The Bible is a sacred and historical text that leads us to the crucified and risen Christ that is coming and in, is present with us now. The Bible is a sacred and historical text that leads us to the crucified and risen Christ and his kingdom 
who is coming and is present with us now. When we read that scripture verse that we just read, um, by the way, have any of you thought if, you know, the question of if Jesus walked into this room, would you recognize him, right? Have you ever been posed that question? Like, it's a test of your faith. Like, would you recognize him? Like, who is the true Christian in this room that would recognize Jesus, right? That would be the ultimate. It would be like, I have the sense you are him, right? Well, what's funny is in the scripture verse that we just read, we sort of got our answer, right? Um, if you think you would recognize Jesus just from a man standing across from you, you probably won't, right? In fact, I'm going to say 100% of us won't recognize him. Because in this text, we see the example of what happens is that the way that the disciples came to know that it was Jesus, how did they come to know? Through opening the scriptures. Jesus led them through the scriptures and he showed them how the scriptures pointed to Christ and his kingdom. And when they read the scriptures, by the way, this was the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament back then. They opened the scriptures once they read the scriptures, their minds were opened, their hearts were opened, their hearts started burning, and they realized they were in the presence of Christ. And so when we open the Bible and we read the words of scripture, we're led to Christ and his kingdom. The scriptures are pointing to Christ. They're pointing to his kingdom. And in doing so, the Holy Spirit is bringing us into God's presence. And Lectio Divina, since everyone knows it in this room, is an approach to reading the Bible that takes the words of Scripture and lets them pierce every single aspect of our soul. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said, The word of Scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working you all day long, just like the words of someone you love. And just as you do not analyze the words of someone you love, but accept them as they are said to you, accept the word of Scripture and ponder it in your heart as Mary did. That is all. Do not ask, how shall I pass this one? But pass this one. But what, but what does it say to me? Then ponder this word long in your heart until it has gone right to you and taken possession of. I love that. I love that so much. What Dietrich, I love that I'm using his first name. What Dietrich is saying to us is that Scripture is meant to take a hold of us. Scripture is meant to possess us. Scripture is meant to settle into us and reach the depths of our soul. It's not just meant to lay in our mind, but it meant, it's meant to permeate our entire soul. Thank you. Boom. I got an amen. That's good enough for today. Lectio Divina is actually an ancient way of reading scripture that was used by the early church, specifically in monastic communities. Um, it's Latin for divine reading. And the early monastic communities actually saw it as a way of praying with the scriptures. Um, so what is the point of Lectio Divina? Well, Lectio Divina is focused on inviting us into God's presence where, God, where we encounter God himself. And the goal is about forming a relationship with God. 
This means that we invite God into our lives as we're invited into his kingdom. It's a true way street, baby. But what's important to know in this mystery is that even though it feels like we're making the first steps and we're initiating and we're opening the Bible and we're the ones coming to him, we find out that he was the one that was inviting us all along. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It's the spirit that's leading us, that's um, planted seeds in our hearts, that's connecting us to our true love, God himself. We're in being invited into this space of intimacy, of closeness, of connectedness with God that we were designed for, that we were built for, that we were meant for. We're invited into a relationship with God that transforms our lives. And it's not something that's way out there, but it's something that's right here and accessible to us now. Lectio Divina is supposed to bring us into the mystery of God himself. It's a way of allowing us to sit with him and just allow him to walk with us. Sometimes there's no agenda. Sometimes we're entering into the kingdom of God and we're seeing that God simply wants to be with us. That is incredibly tough. I, um, as many of you know, we're about to have our um, first child. And um, because of that, I have never written so many lists in my life and it's scary. I have just become the most listing person in the listful history of listing. I have a list for what we need to get done before the birth, during the birth, right after the birth, and for the months coming after the birth, okay? I am terrified. I think I'm the most irresponsible person, and the fact that God is giving me a child scares me, okay? Um, I have ADHD, and I blame a lot of it on that, so we're okay with that. Um, but truthfully, truthfully, sometimes God is calling us to action. And that's awesome. And that's good. And that's great. And sometimes God is calling us to just be with him. Jesus wants to sit with us. Jesus wants to talk to us. Jesus wants to know us. He wants to know everything about our lives. The good, the bad, the messy he wants to know everything. And you've probably figured this out by reading some of the Bible already, if you've done that. But Jesus often doesn't force us to do that, though. Jesus' primary way is by inviting us. Why? Because Jesus is kind. Jesus is loving. Jesus is merciful. Jesus wants to know us. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us, individually and collectively. So, this morning, I'm going to go through what a Lectio Divina looks like, for those of you who haven't done it, and for those of you who do know it, think of it as a refresh. But the first thing that we do when we do a Lectio Divina is we just slow down. We just prepare ourselves. We sit in silence for 30 seconds. 
Um, we can yawn. We can close our eyes. By the way, when we do a Lectio Divina this morning, if you fall asleep, I'm coming after you. I'm just joking. <laughs> Absolutely okay. No judgment here. I won't even know. But maybe you need to sleep, and that's awesome. Sometimes spiritual care is sleeping. But we're going to slow ourselves down, and we're just going to sit with ourselves and where we're at. Then what we're going to do is we're going to read a passage of Scripture. And when we read this passage of Scripture, the first thing we're going to do is not go, how does this apply to my life, and what does this mean? We're not going to do that. What we are going to do is... We're just going to open ourselves up. We're going to wait for a word or phrase that resonates with us most and just let it sit with us. And then we're going to read it a second time. And when we read it a second time, we're going to focus on reflecting, asking ourselves, why does this resonate with me? What feelings are coming up with this passage of Scripture? And if you're reading a story you can ask yourself, where am I in this story? Who do I see myself being in the story? And the third, the third time we read it, then we're going to respond. And we're going to respond to God after he's already spoken to us. And we're going to say a prayer by ourselves, um, just in silence, of how we feel like God is wanting us to respond. And the fourth time, is we're going to practice what Jesus preached last week, and we're going to rest in his word. Okay. How's everyone feeling? Everyone awake still? Okay. Awesome. Okay, we've got everyone awake. Okay. So right now, all I want you to do is I want to, I, I just want you to sit in silence, and we're going to sit in silence for like 10 seconds. And I just want you to notice where you're at in your body and just be with yourselves and God. And I, as I read this passage of Scripture the first time around, I just want you to open yourselves up to allow a phrase or word to resonate with you. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I'm going to read it for a second time, and, and this time... Allow yourselves to reflect on why that resonated with you or if you're having any type of feelings come up to the surface. Reflect on those or just sit with those feelings. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you 
because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The third time I want you to think about how you want to respond to God, whether it's a prayer of thanks or whatever you feel like God is calling you to respond. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And this final time, all we're going to do is we're going to rest in the words that God is saying. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Anyone asleep? One person, okay, cool. Awesome. If you are looking for an app to help you go through this and guide you through it, because it's really hard to do this by yourself and you need some guidance, I highly recommend an app called Lectio 365. It's an app that's specifically designed to go through a Lectio Divina way of reading the Bible, and it's really incredible. And um, so you can download that on the App Store. And if you don't have a smartphone, I think you can go online on, on their website too. Um, I um, have some news to share with everybody, and I'm, this is a transition that is not smooth and not easy. But it's something that um, I wanted to share with you all. Uh, so last week, um, Carly and Marshall shared an incredible and amazing news that they are pregnant. How many of you were here for that? Okay, perfect. So most of all. So they shared that news. Um, this past week, they found out that they had a miscarriage. And so some of you might know that. Some of you might not know that. And so they're not here with us this morning. Um, they are at home together, and they decided that they wanted to be together as a family and just spend time together as they grieve together. Um, it's a devastating and heartbreaking situation, and just something that if those of you who have experienced miscarriage know that it's one of the worst things, you know, as a parent that you want to go through. And so they're just taking some time. They're really well supported right now. They have a ton of people around them. They have a ton of family that's helping them out. 
and they're just spending time together. And so um, I, I know that when Irene and I experienced the same thing, it meant so much when people reached out to us and we felt so loved and supported. And so the, the one thing that was made the biggest impact for us when we went through something like this was actually cards, handwritten cards. It just meant so much more for some reason. And so if you're looking for a way to support them and you want to reach out, feel free to do whatever you feel you, you want to do. Um, but if you want to write them a card and drop it off at the, at the office, I think it would be an incredible thing for them to be able to come and return when they're ready and just read a ton of cards that, from people that they love and love them and just know how well they are loved and supported during this time. Um, so does that sound good to everybody? Yeah, okay. Um, why don't you stand with me this morning and we're gonna transition to ministry time and JC is gonna come up. Yeah. Morning everyone, thanks Wes for sharing that. Thanks for your message. Um, we're going to transition into a time of ministry time where we wait on the Holy Spirit. Um, we're doing lots of that today, which is good. It's what we're meant to do, I think. Um, before we get started, I just want to let uh, Jeff recap our 24-hour um, prayer meeting that we had this past weekend and share some highlights and maybe some things we sensed God doing. Um, and then after that, we'll kind of just lead into some prayer time and, and waiting on God. But first, Jeff... Yeah, we, <clears throat> we had our uh, 24 hours of prayer and fasting. We started Saturday, I mean, uh, Friday morning at 6 in the morning and went till Saturday morning at 6 in the morning. And I um, uh, just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for everyone that participated in that. It was really good. It was really, uh, really just a, a, a bonding time with one another and a connecting time with God. Um, and... Um, <clears throat> Um, when we, uh, I, I got there six in the morning, uh, on, on Friday and, um, there was three of us there and, uh, and there's uh, Kara and Marshall and, and me were, were there to start, start the ball rolling. And <clears throat> Marshall shared something, I, a couple things that I thought, um, set the tone for things. One is that, um, he had had like a really rough night and was like, just, he was saying, I want my strongest desire to line up with my deepest desire. And he said, right now, my strongest desire is to go back to bed. And, and uh, sometimes our strongest desire is, isn't our deepest desire. And um, God has put within us uh, just a love and a desire to be with him and a desire to draw near with him, draw near to him. And I think that was a big thing that happened during that uh, 24 hours was that um, there was a concerted time of just like pressing in and seeking God's face. And um, uh, Psalm 27, I think it's verse 4, says, One thing I desire, this is what I seek, then I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And um, our, uh, I think 
um, several times we just like set our face towards, towards that one thing. God, we just want that one thing, to seek you. And um, there's a, a, a story, this again, that Marshall shared with, um, about these people that were trying to get to the United States, and I think it was in Venezuela, uh, maybe it might have been Colombia, where they would go through this jungle, like, and, and they had to go over like mountains and valleys, and the, the road was dangerous, and there was kidnappers, and there was like wild animals, and the, it was treacherous, and they're bringing their little kids with them because they had a desire in them for something that was worth the risk, that was stronger than their stronger than their fears, stronger than their um, concerns that they were willing to press towards. And that was part of what, uh, part of what we did um, Friday and Saturday. And um, in, uh, I just close it up with uh, my favorite um, parable was the, where Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man that went out into a field and, and then he stumbles across this treasure and he's looking and there's this box. I don't know if it had like jewels in it, gold, but it says that in his joy, he went and he sold everything he had to buy that field. And um, um, a lot of times like in our, like when, we, when you think about prayer, you think about drawing near to God, you look at it, as like a duty or a drudgery, like I know, like it's just so easy to think, oh, they're talking about prayer again. Oh, I just don't want to do that. You know, what's the, you know, what's the deal? It's, it's, um, and um, the man in the field, he didn't go in a sense of duty or drudgery to buy the field that says in his joy. You know, he caught a glimpse of something that lit him up, you know? He caught a glimpse of something that was like, that made it worth, uh, worth selling everything to, to possess that field. And in, in our, our time of prayer, that's, that's what we were pressing towards, getting that glimpse of, of God and saying, yeah, it's worth it all. It's worth it to just, to go all in, to sell it all, to, to buy that field. And, um, the, the, the treasure, the greatest treasure of God's kingdom is the king. He, he's, he's, he's the treasure that's worth it all. And um, we, we just, um, if we don't have that, let, that drive to like, to press into God, to press into prayer, to press into things like, you know, like meditating on God's word, trying to find out who he is. Some of that is just because we haven't got a glimpse of the treasure. So um, I, I want, is it okay for me to pray? Just that we would get that glimpse. We're going to pray two things. First, first we're going to pray for Marshall and Carly. And I think that's a good thing to do. And then we're going to pray that God would give us a glimpse of the treasure. Uh, God, we thank you so much. Lord, for Marshall and for Carly, God, we thank you so much, Lord, for 
Lewis and Soren and Maggie. And um, we thank you, Lord, that, uh, that for a brief period of time, Lord, you gave them one other little baby, Lord, that uh, you have seen fit to, to bring into your presence, Lord, that, um, that they're going to get to meet later. But we pray right now for them, Lord, that you, God, would be for them the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And, Lord, that you, Lord, would comfort, uh, comfort them, Lord. And, God, that you would bear their grief, Lord. And that you would um, uh, be their peace, Lord, during this time. And that any, uh, we know, Lord, your word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a little baby is just, brings just so much hope with it. Um, hope of this new life, hope of uh, just what this child is going to be, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would bear the grief of, of that uh, hope that's, um, that they don't get to see in this life, Lord. So just bless them, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. And, <clears throat> Lord, we ask you now, we, we turn our eyes to you, Lord, to ask, God, that you would give us hungry hearts, Lord, that you would give us undivided hearts, oh God. And Lord, that you'd help us to see, God, that just the treasure of the kingdom is the king. And Lord, we want you. God, we want you, oh Lord. So we ask that you would just give us those, uh, uh, that joy, oh Lord, that would say it's, it's worth it all. We're selling it all. God, we gotta have that field. We gotta have the treasure, Lord. We've got, to have, we've got to have you, oh, Lord. So all the things, Lord, that would distract us or take us away from that, we pray that you would prune those away from us, Lord. And, God, that you would, uh, that you would help us to love you supremely, Lord. Amen. If I could have the prayer team come forward, the ministry team up here. Um, there'll be some people to pray for you guys right here if you would like to come up and receive prayer. Um, during our pre-service prayer, <laughs> lots of prayer. During our pre-service prayer, we had, um, someone had a word about, um, felt like God gave them an image of someone cowering down, like kind of in the fetal position at the base of a really tall wall. Um, they were feeling very scared, but the wall was this idea of they felt like safe behind it. Um, but I guess the image was sort of like um, that wall isn't actually the real stability and protection of your life, that that's God's job. And he wants to actually remove that and give you confidence to, to stand where there's like real safety and freedom in him. And so that image of like fake security and trusting in that um, so if that's ministering to your heart at all, if that image is getting right down in there in some capacity, um, please be brave enough to seek out some prayer. I think there's a lot of people in here that would love to, to midwife some new life into that for you and to see you, see you start to come out of that. So come Holy Spirit, we ask you to minister to each person right now. We just wait on you. We are patient as we expectantly Wait to see what it is you want to do.
Yeah, I just also want to <clears throat> um, give people a chance, an opportunity to respond um, to that that day of prayer and that calling of the Lord to uh, to make Him that um, that one thing that you desire. And I know sometimes um, there's so many things every day that like distract us, that pull us away. This is a time where you can like put a stake in the ground and make a statement before the principalities and powers in heaven, make a statement before the angels, make a statement before your brothers and sisters and say no to the fear of man and say, yes, God, I wanna be your man. I wanna be your woman. I wanna put a stake in the ground and say, Lord, give me that willing heart to sell it all and to pursue you. So I wanna, if you wanna do that, come up here. <laughs> Just say, I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna do this. And, um, and, uh, and you don't have to wait. This is your call. Come on up. <laughs> and we're going to bless that desire. And you don't, you don't have to say, I mean, in, in coming up and, and standing before the Lord, you're not saying, I'm going to be perfect from here on out. You're saying, Lord, fix my wanter. Help me to want you more than anything else. Help me to love you more than anything else. Help me to seek you more than anything else. Help me, oh God, to be willing, to be willing, to be willing, Lord, to, to be all that you want me to be. And um, uh, I get a picture sometimes, I see it right now, like chains on people's ankles. And it's like, it's like your heart is saying, come, and your feet are saying, no. We break the fear of man in Jesus' name. And we say, God, we are gonna walk before you, Lord. And we are saying no to what the world uh, thinks about us. We don't care. God, we wanna be honorable before you, Lord. We want to hunger after you. We wanna thirst after you. We wanna follow after you, Lord. And we want you more than anything else, God. So we are saying yes to you right now. We are saying yes to the kingdom of God. We are saying yes to Jesus Christ. We are saying yes, oh Lord, to being fools for Christ, to, be, to being willing to spend our lives for you, Lord. So I'm going down here and I'm saying that. I'm making that statement before the Lord. Yeah, so Lord, we pray that you just bring a blessing over each person here, but something that's filling up the shoes of those walking forward. I ask that you would just rain down your mercy and your goodness. We pray that you would pour out um, the treasures of heaven upon these, this, these steps of boldness. <laughs> Yeah, God, would you just pour it out upon these individuals here? We thank you for their 
courage and their desire right now to ask for more of you. God, their hearts are yearning to make you the center of their lives. So come Holy Spirit, come fill them up. Yeah, if, um, it, if someone up here, if God is putting them on your heart and you feel a sensitivity towards anyone, feel free to come up and just put your hand on their back and pray for them and ask for God to do more of what he's already doing. Um, he loves to honor the prayers of um, brothers and sisters in Christ for one another. So if that's happening, um, don't be afraid to just pronounce a blessing over someone. There's plenty of room up here. A lot of these people were praying together through the 24 hours. I just like to make a personal invite to you to come up and be a part. Um, be a part of taking a stand and saying, Lord, we want that treasure more than anything else. Um, while we were praying together, something that really kept coming up was that we need to do this as a body. It's not an individual experience. It's a community of believers, and that's all of us. So there's plenty of room up here. Um, come as you feel led. We're, we've been praying for all of you for the last 24 hours. So we just pray blessing over you and that God would continue his good work in our community. And yeah, that you would take this opportunity if that's what God's put on your heart. Thank you, Lord. Just pray for more. This is like, there's an, church is technically over, but like this is what we're doing. So um, you guys are welcome to um, leave as you need. There are um, note cards in the back at the welcome booth if you want to write Carly and Marshall a note. Feel free to stop back there. Um, but we're just going to keep going here. Just keep praying. Just, I don't know. There's no real hard agenda other than to just ask God to keep showing up. So if you would like to come up, there's just still room for you. Blessings over you. We love you guys.
whatever it looks like, here I am.